Hello and welcome to the Workrate Podcast. My name is Winter. I am joined by Brad Hardcastle. What's going on, everyone? <laughs> and this is the Winter is Coming uh, Review Podcast. Um, we're not really going to mince words. We're going to jump right into it. I will just say about Dark this week, watch the women's matches. They were very good. That's all. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, so this week was a, the, probably, I have to say, the biggest. They weren't lying. This was the biggest um, AW Dynamite to date. The most important AW Dynamite to date, other than the first episode. Yeah. And sure. it has just about as much, um, if not more, storylines and implications coming out of the end of the episode than the very first one did and that was with the inner circle being formed so Mm -hmm. that tells you the importance of this one so let's let's get into it right away which was uh i (laughs) have my my heading for this is wrong this was not hangman versus silver that was last (laughs) week but this was the dynamite uh dynamite diamond ring battle royale Mm -hmm. and this was easily their best battle royale so yeah, far. This one was really good. I loved all the, the different stories it told and everyone played off each other really nice. Yeah, so and many it, branching stories. Miro looked like a Miro million bucks coming out of it. This is what they've tried to do, and to this point, the best battle royale was the tag team battle royale they had a while ago. That one was actually really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That was yeah. prior to COVID-19, and then it all kind of got derailed. But that was the one where you could first see them starting to do their AW style of storytelling, where they branch off multiple stories mm-hmm. off of different off of the matches, and you could see a bunch of different feuds forming, or just so almost like dream grudge matches, which might not come to fruition for a few years. Yeah. Like, I know in that one, we saw Luchasaurus and Hager square off, and we've never actually gotten that match. Yeah, and that match would be a, a big, meaty match, so I'd look for that. That match that will come. Yeah. That match will come. I know that Jericho said he wanted to uh, do a, pro- a prolonged feud with Jungle Boy, but he doesn't want to do it until fans are back, so I feel like we'll get that oh, that'd be iteration Jungle Boy's time. the next perfect wrestler for Jericho to put over. He is, and you have to think that Jungle Boy at some point this year is probably going to get a title shot. Yeah, he's perfect. I mean, he looks like a million bucks. He's great looking. He's great in the ring. He'd be perfect for something like that. Anyways, let's get to this match. So, um, yeah, like you said, there's so much storyline in this. Uh, One that I really did love, and the crowd bought into it right away, is Matt Hardy is a heel now. Yeah. So uh yeah, right I off, forgot all about his uh elite Matt Hardy promos and I was like, wait a second, what is that? Why is everyone booing Matt Hardy? And I was like, Oh I said something to you and you're like, Yeah, I remember the elite promo. I was like, Oh yeah, he's going heel. I think I think it's he's going with iconic Matt iconic, Hardy, I heard. that's what it is, right. I sir I heard someone call him the elitist Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. I think they actually maybe wanna should go with elitist Matt Hardy because it works with the elite well with the uh yeah. With the company, but I uh, right off the bat, he eliminates Isaiah Cassidy, mm-hmm. who is his protege. Yeah, and they did, which is they played it up where the he did, Isaiah didn't even know that. It, yeah, he, Isaiah didn't know he him. did it, mm-hmm. and neither did Mark Quinn because he and Mark Quinn then 
team together the rest of yeah. the uh, yeah, Battle which... Royal trying to eliminate people. I mm-hmm. think uh, he did it in secret, but the fans caught it and the mm-hmm. fans were booing him. Yeah, yeah. after that point on, he just heard boo every time he did anything. He got booed. And which... he was also, he was wearing, um, he wasn't wearing his red gear anymore. He was wearing all black gear, mm-hmm. which I think is another signifier, which... This is cool. I like that because uh, he kind of had to do a bit of a pivot. Yeah. Which, if it's like his, um, I don't know if you watched him when he's in Ring of Honor and he first came, or not first came to TNA, like his second or third time in TNA before he switched to Broken when he's Big Money Matt. Like that yeah. was like one of my favorite Matt Hardy characters. Like he tried to buy this Ring is of essentially Honor. essentially that. Yeah. Yeah, this is that character. Yeah, I love that it's, character. It's good. Yeah, so then we had uh, we had Hangman. Kind of partially teaming up with uh, Silver and Reynolds, which is it was more so Silver and Reynolds teaming up with Hangman. Yeah, they did like they, their wombo combo, and then Hangman did the his lariat to eliminate. I forget who it was, but that was really cool. It, I I can't remember who it was either. I think it, uh, I think one of the one of them eliminated. Um, who's that guy with the bald head that points at his? Oh. Points of the eye. Uh, Jericho's friend. Yeah, I can't remember I his can't name. Think of it now. You put me it on the spot. You left my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it does not matter. But yeah, it was, I was happy to see him go. But um, from the uh, Chaos Project. But yeah, his name. That's who they against... did the Wombo combo on to Serpentico. Okay. From the Chaos Project. Oh, okay, that's who it was. So they eliminated Serpentico and his tag partner, mm-hmm. who I cannot remember. <laughs> but um, then uh, Hangman almost gets eliminated. But uh, he, oh, sorry. Then uh, Sylvan Reynolds get eliminated. But then uh, and they there was massive booze, and I think it might have been Matt Hardy again. Yeah, it was. So Matt Hardy's going out there eliminating all the face characters, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Hangman gets dumped over the top rope. But the Dark Order catches him and throws him back in the ring. And then I believe it might have been Matt Hardy again mm-hmm. takes him and throws him out the other side. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Of the ring, mm-hmm. which uh, he was getting some serious heel heat there, and yeah. it's good to see it. Yeah. And then we had uh, the Sky Spears feud continues. Like, eh. This... I, I like the beginning. They didn't get in the ring. They just stared at each other. I like that part mm-hmm. of it, where they just, like, <laughs> gave each other the dirty eyes. And... It, it's okay. I don't I wouldn't want it to... I don't want it to get a lot of time on Dynamite. I'm okay with it getting time on Dark. Mm-hmm. I would kind of like both guys to face people who have more of a, a foothold in AEW to sort of elevate each other because right now they're so yeah low on the pecking order that mm-hmm. it just feels low overall. Like when they face each other, you're like, okay, yeah, it's just well, like there's, there's not much bench. not much stakes here. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, uh, Sky eliminated uh, Spears, and then Spears ended up hitting Sky with, with the, the uh, glove. with the loaded the loaded glove which was from the outside and then spears or then sky was eliminated shortly after mm-hmm. um the guy who looked the most impressive in this match was miro yeah he looked which like was a monster good he really match. needed it mm-hmm. and these are the type of matches where you can sort of reset somebody oh for sure yeah really quick if you want to turn a guy into a star or into a monster or to like think think uh will hobbs will hobbs was I don't want to say he was nothing, but he wasn't on anybody's radar. Till that. And then... Till the Casino he, Battle Royale. Casino Battle Royale. And then he was a made man after that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. not that Miro needs to be made, but he's... 
yeah, it just, just kind it, of fla- it's good. His to, story's floundering. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see him like show like how big of a mm-hmm. monster he can be. Again, I'm such a big Miro fan, and his work is amazing, mm-hmm. and his body type is just different than everybody's. Yeah. And he's so and... charismatic. He just he's got it all. He just they just got to give him more to do. Yeah, he was he was excellent in this match. Mm-hmm. Like he looked amazing. He he eliminated more people than anyone else. He was um he eliminated like half the roster. Yeah. yeah, once they finished with the the Matt Hardy heel eliminations, then Miro is the one mm-hmm. who took over and started eliminating pretty much. He he really thinned it out once Miro got going. And then the last uh the last five people were Wardlow, MJF, Sammy, who are mostly were guarding each other yeah, in the corner. I really the like whole that. Time. They just hid behind Wardlow the whole time. That was really funny. Jungle Boy and Miro. Mm-hmm. So what happens is Jungle Boy has been laid out pretty much at this point, and then uh, the inner circle then just like gangs up on Miro. Mm-hmm. They try and beat him down. He throws them all off. Yeah. Um, but eventually they're able to. Uh, Get the better of him. Oh, we 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 also got a stare down of Wardlow and and Miro. Yeah, and in this bit, which <laughs> right there is kind of like what I was telling you about with mm-hmm. uh, with um, Hager and uh, Luchasaurus. Hager and Luchasaurus, and also Butcher and Luchasaurus had a had a big moment as well. Yeah, in that, so like they got the big meaty boys, and then they were able to to get uh, to eliminate Miro, and then there is. A beautiful um, apron segment between oh, Sammy and Jungle awesome. Boy. I loved every second of that. It looked like a Matrix mm-hmm. fight scene. Yeah, it was a it was incredible. And eventually, uh, Jungle Boy and Sammy end up on the top rope, and MJF goes over and shoves them both over the top, mm-hmm. but pretending that he just meant to shove jungle boy uh, jungle instead boy. of sammy so mm-hmm. sammy gets up he's pissed off and mjf's like oh i was i was trying to eliminate jungle boy not you man i'm mm-hmm. so sorry and then uh mjf looks at wardlow he's like we're the last two guys we did it we win and then but wardlow's not an idiot and mm-hmm. he realizes that orange cassidy's been lying outside yeah. on the ground having not gone over the top rope. Yeah, so. I, and I think Tony Schiavone said, what's going on here when Wardlow's the brains of the operation or something like <laughs> yeah. that? So he goes out, he grabs Orange Cassidy, brings him brings him in the ring, and then Orange Cassidy just fires up, hits <laughs> them with two orange punches. He's able to uh, eliminate... Um... So mm-hmm. I said, th- no, uh, MJF almost eliminates uh, Wardlow. Wardlow he turns yeah. around and he's like, he's like, what are you doing? What the hell? And then... Uh, uh, Cassidy's able to eliminate Wardlow, and it's going to be uh, Cassidy versus MJF for mm-hmm. the uh, Diamond Dynamite Diamond Ring next week. I thought this uh, match was, it was very good, four stars. Yeah. But my what I'm excited about is the potential of Orange Cassidy, what he can do with that ring, like having the ring in his pocket always, yeah. <laughs> and then every like putting his hands in his pocket one time, and then pulling the hands out and it's got the ring yeah. and he orange punches a guy with it yeah. or like you know he does like the little the little weak the high like, five extended hand yeah. <laughs> thing like do that with the ring on mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or like his little thumbs up mm-hmm. with with the ring like it he can do a lot of funny stuff like you forget that he has the ring yeah he could try to pawn it i could see him trying to pawn it or something mm-hmm <laughs> or if MGF wins it, you 
it can uh, continue that storyline. Yeah, because but I feel like it's not gonna stick with him. No, but he did have that promo right at the beginning where he said it. He doesn't care if Sammy, him, or Wardlow wins it because then it's the inner circle won it. So they could still have him win it and like kind of mm-hmm. tout it over everyone. They could. They definitely could. I I was actually quite surprised at who won this. I everybody had their money on Sammy or Wardlow mm-hmm. to extend that thing and then to extend that storyline. And then my dark horse was Miro yeah. because Miro's doing the whole wedding angle with and that'd Kip be their and wedding uh, ring. That'd be funny. Penelope and that could be like the wedding band that maybe like he gifts it to Kip Sabian (laughs) I mean there was there's some funny stuff I did think all those people who needed to get over got over and this was this is exactly what you want from a battle royale yeah yeah great it had so many good stories like we talked about the hangman uh dark order I almost said dark circle dark order storyline I loved it when they saved him we talked about that, like the, the Kofi Kingston spot during the Rumbles where somehow he gets miraculously saved. This time it was the Dark Order saved. They kind of held him up like Jesus. Like he was like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, there, there's there's lots of good. This In previous Battle Royales, they've had uh, spots that have taken you out of it where you'd be like, ooh, I didn't quite like that. And then mm-hmm. you're sort of, you're trying to look for reasons to like it or to salvage it. Whereas this was just fun all the way through. Yeah. I had a great time watching it and I was very excited about that. Yeah. And okay. So they the continued next... their streak of just having awesome uh, battle royals since the very beginning. So this next match, and it should be noted that this episode they treated, and they said they were going to do this, treat it much more like a pay-per-view. So that was without, promos without a lot of interview segments Mm -hmm. they still had a few but not as many it felt very much like a pay-per-view yeah okay so the next one was jericho versus kazarian which it's their uh off of their run-in last week in the tag match and this is the first time they faced each other and this match was this match was good Mm -hmm. but not great, but like good, serviceable. But uh, and Kazarian looked really good. Jericho looked again younger than he has in a long time. Mm-hmm. And but my favorite part was again the fans were on their game, and it really with the they had a thousand fans in attendance, and it really showed how unpredictable the fans can be because they were cheering Jericho, yeah, and weren't cheering Kazarian. Yeah. It was the face, yeah. <laughs> Which I really like because it kind of shows that wrestlers have to be on their game. They have mm-hmm. to be able to turn the fans if they want to. However, that's not, I don't think that's where AEW is going. They're looking to turn Chris Jericho babyface oh, yeah, at some sure. point. That's my feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think they're they're letting this ride a bit. So this this match was good. It was, it was serviceable. Um, it was mostly uh, Kazarian try, ducking and dodging and trying to avoid the inner circle which was all outside yeah so outside you had hager and ortiz and they kept trying to interfere in them and sammy or yeah. no sammy wasn't there at this point yes yeah, so they were that. trying to interfere interfere in the match and it, it wasn't happening and kazarian was hitting all his moves he hit uh avalanche flux capacitor off the yeah. uh off the top rope which i believe is is it like a slightly skewed Spanish fly, or yeah. is it a Spanish fly? It's he doesn't. Yeah, he's kind of 
He doesn't go straight over like a Spanish fly. He's, he's a little more like crooked when he I does I couldn't his. tell if, if it was just a slightly mistimed or mm-hmm. yeah, I, botched Spanish fly or if it or if he actually does it do it at that angle. Yeah, he normally does it at that angle that he did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it looked painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it looked really it looked like a hard ass landing. Yeah. And then uh, at at one point Kazarian gets um Chris Jericho in the walls of Jericho. And uh Chris Jericho's going towards the ropes and Ortiz is up there with the with the mad ball yeah. to to hit Kazarian and Hager's like, "No, no, no. You don't disqualify the boss. You got to get down." Yeah. So he gets down, and then MJF and Wardlow come running down. And MJF has the towel, and he's going to throw it in. And Chris Jericho's trying to get to the ropes. He, Kazarian keeps pulling him back. And like, I'm like, oh, my God, this is how they're going to do it. He's going to throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't because uh, Sammy Guevara comes running down, and he shoves MJF. He takes the towel away from him. And then Chris Jericho finally gets to the ropes, but then he looks up and Sammy's holding the towel. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. And then Kazarian rolls up uh, Jericho for two near falls. Yeah. And um, then Jericho is able to hit him with the Judas effect and win. And, but then everybody or everybody comes in the ring. MJF runs up to Chris Jericho. They're celebrating like, yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. But Sammy runs in. He shoves oh, that MJF. There's too. just a sh- shoving matches going everywhere. And inconspicuous by his absence is Santana. Notice yeah. he wasn't there. So you've got all these guys who are kind of at odds with each other. And then Santana, who doesn't care, he's sort of that guy who's undecided at mm-hmm. this point. And uh, then... Jericho hops on the mic and he says, this is bullshit, guys. I'm tired of this. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we're, we're having an ultimatum. We either all get on the same page or the inner circle's done forever, which I honestly thought it was a little too soon to jump to that part of the story because last week they were on such the same page yeah. that they dominated SCU. I thought maybe they could have a couple more weeks of dominating people before maybe one person screws up. Mm-hmm. As opposed to everybody just all of a sudden they want to kill each other again. Yeah. But I don't think they'll don't... break up next week, though. Yeah, exactly. I don't think they're breaking up at all. I think they will. MJF will try and keep them together. Yeah. But I think in the background, he's greasing some wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To uh to break these guys up. I think he'll pro. I think it'll probably be that he'll split the inner circle. That's what I'm thinking too. Um, I'm ho- again. I'm hoping that uh, Santana Ortiz don't split, but you never know. I hope not um, either. Speaking of which, Santana Ortiz did have a funny bit on B on BTE this week, where oh, with uh, um, private party private, gave them that yeah. the like the spicy Diablo chip. Yeah, and he just ate it. <laughs> and Ortiz eats it. Uh, being like, he's like, what? Uh, he's like, uh, he's like, I'm Puerto Rican. I like spice. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he's like, of course it's good. And then they leave it. He goes into his, uh, into the trailer and he freaks. He's like, yeah. oh my God, get the water. Yeah. Get the milk. Get the milk. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so that was really good. I thought, uh, I said, I gave that one a four for the match, but a 3.75 for the post-match angle, which is actually not normally what I would do for these guys. No, normally it would be reversed. Mm-hmm. I liked the angle. I just think it's about two weeks too early. Yeah. I, f- I feel like the it's a little undercooked. Yeah. But this is this 
I really liked the antics of the match with MJF coming down with the towel. I thought that was really good. I just don't think um, Jericho should be calling for another ultimatum. I feel like he's already done that. Yeah. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's how okay, they got then to it, Vegas, right? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, so then we have a Young Bucks interview in the back where they're in the back they're they're with marvez and like oh marvez i'm sorry it's a little awkward having having us kicked in the head about yeah. a month ago and um they're like you know what um they're like we want to we want to issue challenges to people that don't normally get these uh opportunities we want to kind of give an open challenge kind of like ftr kind of like cody before and we know TH2 has challenged us, and we're going to face them in a match, but we don't really think that their record warrants a title shot just yet. So if they if they beat us, then we'll think about giving them a title shot, which I thought was kind of good, mm-hmm. because um, they have the rankings for a reason. I do, however, I do think that um, champions should be able to call their shot a bit. Yeah. Like, if they want to face somebody... For the title, they should be able to give somebody a chance if they so choose. Yeah, that makes sense. Whereas if somebody challenges them, if they're like, well, you're not the number one contender, so no, they should have that right. Yeah. Like, I don't think it should always be the number one person. That's kind of boring. Yeah. Spice things. So I think they're doing it right in this sense. Yeah. And then the acclaim comes out and they have the the Young Bucks book and they cut a rap on them where they where they call out young but they're like we're looking at your at your album at your not your album cover at your book cover and well i'm not going to do the rap but they essentially <laughs> call them out for the book cover looking like they're looking at each other's penises yeah and they, really uh, they're like you look like two brothers looking at each other's dicks <laughs> and like the they're going off on that and it's really funny because we're all thinking it yeah i've even heard the young bucks say it themselves how it looks like a porno yeah <laughs> but then um then uh, they oh yeah then then matt jackson says didn't someone else do this rapping gimmick already mm-hmm. which is funny because that's a callback to john cena yeah <laughs> and then um and then they're like, oh, speaking of TH2, and then TH2 runs, runs in, in and they attack yeah. the Bucks leading into next week's match with them, which with is their cool. masks on and too, then so uh, SCU comes in and chases everybody off. So mm-hmm. which to me maybe so maybe SCU will face the acclaimed. Who knows? Like I think That'd be good. The young tag team yeah, versus some veterans. It's a nice, like that. Uh another nice little shakeup of mm-hmm. the tag division although everything seems kind of low stakes so far within the tag division but i'm okay with that considering this is a sen- this was essentially a pay-per-view and now they're like restarting it back up again yeah okay the and next. then we have baker versus layla layla hirsch and i thought this was a really good match me too i like this match um, a lot. layla hirsch for me actually I thought she out wrestled Baker. She looked, and I'm not just in the match. Like yes, in the match, like mm-hmm. kayfabe wise, she out wrestled her. But I thought she actually looked better than Baker in this match. Baker looked, still looked good, but uh, some of her moves were a little mistimed. Yeah, at times. Whereas Layla looked sharp, and she looked she looked really good. She looked credible as she always does. We, as we know, I'm a huge Layla Hirsch mm-hmm. mark, but uh, she was 
constantly um, reversing Britt Baker. Britt Baker kept trying to get her into the lockjaw, and she and Layla kept reversing it into her arm bar, which I think is essentially her finisher. Yeah. She gets people in arm bars, like uh, like um, what's her name from WWE? Ronda. Um, yeah. Ron. So uh, I thought this was. I thought this was really good. It was back and forth. Um, Layla was winning, and then she ended up going for. She even reversed out of the lockdown. And then she she's she showed her youth, which I believe is just twenty four, which is amazing. That's, that's, yeah, but she goes up to the top rope to do her uh, to do her pop up moon salt, and Reba gets up on the uh, on the apron to distract her, mm-hmm. and then uh, Baker was able to. Uh, get her down off the top rope, hit her with the swinging neck breaker, and then lock in the lockjaw for the win. And then right away, rushing in comes uh, Thunder Rosa, just going right after Britt Baker. Yeah, she like came from like under the ring, or so I didn't see where she came from. <laughs> yeah, she's she was doing like, uh, she was doing ground and pound. Mm-hmm. She was, yeah, she had to have come from uh, outside the ring. Yeah, it was, uh, they're going back and forth. The, the the refs all get called down. Jerry Lynn gets called down, and during all this, uh, Reba gets back in the ring. And she tries to take a shot at Thunder Rosa, and Layla Hirsch just grabs her and plants yeah, her on the back of her head. Nice suplex on her with a nice suplex. So looks like sort of a s- storyline between all four of them. Maybe yeah. Like I I really like this because it made all three of the women in this segment look really strong. Yeah. Um, Layla Hirsch did not look weak in, in the loss. Baker looked strong, and Thunder Rosa looks awesome. Oh yeah, I so. can't wait for what's going forward with them, NWA, uh, Thunder Rosa in general. Mm-hmm. So I gave that match. We're just double check. Yeah, I gave it three point seven five for the match and four for the overall. I thought it. I thought it was just strong. Yeah, strong presentation. I liked it a lot. I like. I really liked um, how Baker put on the lockjaw at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She did that, that float over move into like the rings of Saturn. It looked really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really striking submission, mm-hmm. and her swinging neck breaker is really beautiful. Yeah, too. she does a good job on that. I, I think really I liked good. it so much this time too. She, did, she normally she puts on the rubber glove. She didn't this time. So it's a little bit more like, Ugh. but it made it look more visceral whenever she was doing it. Yeah, it's odd because uh, at first she was doing it because of COVID. Now she's not doing it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's a risk that they all sign up for. And yeah. Just, just go use lots there. of hand sanitizer before the match, I guess. Then next we got the crazy segment. First crazy segment of the night with Team Taz versus uh, Cody and Darby. Oh yeah, this this match, the match itself was more a means to an end, mm-hmm. but it it was good. Um, I was wondering if maybe we might see Hook in this episode. No, we did not see Hook. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, this was just this was Hobbs looking like a star. Yeah, this was just this Hobbs beating up Darby Allen, and, pretty much the but, whole time, and not in a way like he wasn't doing anything spectacular. He was just trucking him, mm-hmm. like. He hit him outside with a with a lariat that just turned him to 
dust yeah. at one point, and then they have them on the inside. And JR said this at one point, and it really resonated with me. He said, you can uh, take Hobbs and teach him how to do the most basic power moves, and he's so effective with that. Mm-hmm. And the answer is yes, but also he makes those power moves look really, really good. Oh, yeah. And violent. And him against Darby specifically, make Darby made Hobbs look incredible. Specifically, a really vicious-looking bear hug. The most basic of moves. Mm-hmm. The most old-school of moves. He had him in a bear hug, and he was just ripping him around like he was Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Like he looked like a ventriloquist dummy. His arms were just flapping all over the place. And at one point, he picks him up, they said, by his ears, and just yeets him across the yeah. ring over that his was head. Nuts. And they're like, have you ever seen a belly-to-belly by the ears before? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, no. No, I have not. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was really cool. Joining team tabs, Hobbs looks just incredible. Like He looks so vicious and just ruthless out there. He looks amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Darby uh, Darby ends up uh, tagging in Cody. Cody comes in. He does all his moves, does his disaster kick, the, all this stuff. And he ends up uh, doing a dive on the outside to keep Hobbs on the outside. And then Darby's able to hit the tags himself in, hits the coffin drop on on Starks for the one, two, three. And I was, I was a little disappointed that Team Taz lost this one. I thought they would pick up a win. Maybe Cody would take the pin. Yeah. With uh, Darby taking it the week before. I thought they kind of had, they probably should have looked weak. However, the post-match, um, they they come back in the ring. They start beating down Darby and uh, Darby and Cody. And then, um, then Arn Anderson runs in the ring and he starts fucking wailing on Yeah. Him on Hobbs from behind like catching Hobbs off guard and then Starks grabs him he wheels around clocks Starks and drops him and then uh and then Hobbs grabs Arn from behind gets him in like a full Nelson mm-hmm. and uh and Starks just starts wailing on him hits him with kicks chops so now now Arn's down then um Dustin runs in from the back and Dustin gets taken out by cage who's now entered the fray yeah um he hits uh i believe he hit dustin with a vicious looking f5 yeah and then um and then that they have the numbers so now they're just taking it to taking it to the nightmare family and they're um hobbs is asking them to pick him pick up cody up so we can hit him with the belt and then the lights go off and i'm thinking Wait, the only person who does lights off in AEW is Cody. Mm-hmm. So the lights go off, and I'm just like, oh shit, what's happening? And then they cut to the the winter is coming video that they had been using. Yeah. Like the outdoor snowy fields with, with lightning and all this stuff. And just like, oh shit, this is someone we don't know. This is someone we don't know. Mm-hmm. It can't be Glacier. Who is this? Who is this? <laughs> That'd be awesome. And then. <laughs> Sting comes across the screen mm-hmm. and I marked the fuck out. I yelled holy shit 
my girlfriend came out of the bedroom. She's like, what's going on? Are you okay? Um, and I'm just like, it's Sting. It's Sting. She's like, I don't know who that is. Whatever. I don't care. She goes back to bed. And and, uh, and I, I'm just losing it. And, and Sting comes out of the back and Tony captures yeah, it perfectly yeah. with his classic. It's Sting. Yeah, that was awesome. And he does it over and over and over. And he, They've got snow coming down mm-hmm. in Florida. The the it looks like a blizzard. Sting's out there. His hair's gone gray now. He's like the old silver fox crow now. Yeah. Um. Like he just looks incredible. Um. Team Taz scatters, and in all four corners are the various members still on the ground of, of the Nightmare Family, and. Sting Sting comes in the ring and the fans are going insane right now. Like he's getting a mega pop. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard a pop like this since pre-COVID. Yeah. And they're jumping up and down. I'm getting emotional. I had tears in my eyes because like this is my childhood wrestling hero. Yeah. And he's back. I didn't watch him in WWE. I didn't watch him in Impact. I wasn't watching wrestling oh, the okay. last time he was around. Mm-hmm. I stopped wrestling or I stopped watching wrestling when WCW just yeah. before they folded. So that's how long it's been. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him since he was last on TNT. Yeah. Well, they say it was 18 or 19 years since yeah. he's been on it's TNT. It's been 18 years. Yeah. since. So there you go. It was 18 years and before Kenny brought me back to wrestling. Mm-hmm. So here's, this is my first hero. Kenny was my second hero. Yeah. So here's Sting. He comes in the ring and I have to shout this out. What culture um, analyzed this where they said he's going around the ring looking at Arn and and Dustin and then Cody and then Darby and it's like he's going through all the moments of his career. Yeah. First with Arn when he was first in NWA and WCW. Then with uh Dustin when he was in WCW. Yeah. Then to Cody. Cody was his uh Sting was Cody's favorite yeah, wrestler favorite when he was wrestler. a kid. Yeah. And then to Darby, who's the future. And it's straight up, it's like it's like a Christmas carol, ghosts of yeah. uh, present, future, and past. That's what this shit was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah. And Darby was the only one to uh, like stand, like Sting, like he like stood next to Sting, Darby did. So it really worked. And, yeah, I got the impression that... Uh, Sting was there for the other people by circumstance, mm-hmm. but he his purpose is Darby. Yeah, that's why he's I there too. for Darby. He's gonna try to he, be his mentor. He or might have Darby turn on Cody at some point. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah, like well, Arn Anderson's got to turn on Sting first just to keep the old timeline going. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that may be where this goes. This may be how. Cody turns heel, maybe Arn has him turn on Sting's Darby. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very interesting because I I don't necessarily want uh, Cody to be drawn into the Team Taz stuff for too much longer. I want that to be Darby's thing. Yeah, because I want Cody to go do the other stuff. Like he's got that Shack stuff going as well. It's very. It's very interesting where they're all going to go with all this. Yeah. But yeah, Cody's got lots of potential storylines right now. That's crazy. Yeah. So it was revealed uh, today that Sting's shirt is the fastest selling shirt 
in pro wrestling tees history. Yeah. Including me. I bought one. <laughs> and I already bought uh, two shirts last week. And I was like, that's it. I bought it on the Black Friday sale. Mm-hmm. And then when Sting came out, I was like, this is this is it, man. I got to get this shirt. Yeah. It's yeah, a- then, um, yeah, we actually also received, like, no less than a minute after he came out, we received a press release. Yeah. In my email from AEW. Um, Multi-year deal. T- and- talking about uh, the, yeah, talking talking about this, uh, this reveal. And I can read a little bit of it, just what they uh, sent me. It says, uh, winter is coming. We... Uh, Winter is Coming was already guaranteed to be the biggest episode of AEW Dynamite yet, but on a night packed with tremendous clashes, the debut of wrestling legend Sting took the world by surprise. Widely regarded as one of the greatest professional wrestlers ever, Sting's jaw-dropping appearance sent electricity through the crowd at Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, and throughout the wrestling world when he stepped into the ring. AEW has confirmed tonight that it has officially signed Sting to a full-time multi-year agreement. So, I don't think he's going to be wrestling. I don't think so. I've, he's got really bad neck I problems. Think so I've I don't think seen a lot of that. bad faith um, type arguments from people who, I guess, aren't really WW, aren't AW fans, probably WWE fans, or like, oh, why are they bringing back a 61-year-old man to wrestle? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, they aren't, and you know they're not. Yeah, he didn't do any moves. <laughs> like, he just walked out certain, last night. He didn't do anything a, besides walk out and stand there. At a certain point, you have to just look at the at the evidence or at what has happened previously within the company. Every other legend, with the exception of um, Diamond Dallas Page, who is a genetic freak because of his yoga, yeah, has been a manager and not an in ring talent. So why would you think this old man with severe neck injury is going to be brought in to wrestle? He's not. Just if anybody had watched the show, you would know he's not going to wrestle. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't throw a punch, take a bump. I'll be the first to tell you that that's a stupid fucking idea. Yeah. But they're not that stupid. So let's just put that shit right to bed. Yeah. And just be happy that our childhood hero is back on TV. Yeah. It's a cool moment. I don't know why people got to like just shit on it as soon as it happens. It's just, just enjoy it while it's there. Cause I mean, you don't get too many more moments like that these days anymore. So it's awesome. Yeah. And the sheer joy in the crowd, everyone jumping here, the wrestlers at ringside were marking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everyone was freaking out. Um, Renee on Twitter, uh, Moxley's wife was freaking out on Twitter when it mm-hmm. happened. Like, ESPN was immediately tweeting about it. The New York Post was tweeting about yeah, it. Yeah, I saw IGN posted something about it today. All these places that don't really talk about wrestling were posting about it. So, I mean, it, he did big, his... Yeah, he's a big deal. He's a big deal. Yeah. He's as big a deal as it gets at this point for yeah. somebody who's not wrestling. But as we've seen in AEW, like, AEW does managers. WWE, not so much, unless you're Paul Heyman. Yeah doesn't really do wrestlers. They used to. They used to do it very, very well. Yeah. But they haven't for a long time. So, yeah, I'm really excited. Because I've also... I missed the era of Sting when he spoke. I didn't... 
I got a lot of the original Crow Sting mm-hmm. and like early WCW Sting, but I didn't get the TNA WWE Sting where he spoke more on the mic. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. Yeah. I hope he says it's showtime. He's got to say that, right? That's a, that was like his catchphrase. It's showtime. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite woo. The, his woo! Yeah, his, his uh, it's, it's different crow call or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, the crow, it's awesome. So How crazy would have been if he came out as Surfer Sting, though? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I hate Surfer Sting. I, I mean, no, sorry. I don't hate Surfer Sting. He was cheesy, though, and I yeah, liked it. It, it worked was, for the late 80s, early 90s when he did yeah, it. But there's, he was cheesy action hero Sting. Yeah, there was some interview when he was in doing stuff in TNA, and they asked him, would you ever do Surfer Sting again? And he's like, no, you know, I'm getting up there in age, and I don't think I'd ever cut my hair short again because I don't know if it'd grow back and stuff like that. So I don't think his we'll hair's, ever see... his hair's thinning. Yeah. So. so I don't think we'll ever see surfer sting again. Age comes for us all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for so sure. So the next segment, I've heard some people didn't like this. It was a very small segment. Oh, I liked I thought it. it was, I thought it was kind of cute. It was a Hikaru Shida promo where she's in the back. She's talking to Alex Marvez and she's saying, I'm not afraid of Abaddon. Abaddon is a zombie cosplayer. She's like, I do cosplay. Cosplay, cosplay is not scary. Mm-hmm. And then you hear like a clang, like so, something crashes in the background, and she gets spooked. Or and uh, she asks Marvez, she's like, "Oh, can we can we reshoot this?" And Marvez goes, "No, this is live." Yeah. <laughs> and she goes like, "Oh, uh, okay," and then just runs yeah. off. Like it was awkward mm-hmm. and weird and stupid, but I liked. It. I liked it a lot. It was funny. I thought it was kind of it was funny. It was cute. It was lighthearted, and I don't think we need to overanalyze it too much. Even though, like the the acting and the humor in it seemed like stupid Twitter to me. Yeah, but I like stupid Twitter. Yeah, it was really good. Okay, so then there's a so we only have one match left at this at this point, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at my watch at this point. I'm looking up, and she's like, "Oh my god, we have an hour left. Yeah, they're gonna give an hour to Kenny and Moxley." They didn't quite give an hour to Kenny and Moxley. They gave them 45 minutes yes. or 40 minutes, which is still plenty, mm-hmm. especially on TV. Um, but first, we have a Moxley promo, and it, he's in the back by his chain link fence, as he often is. And he says that there's a special feeling in the air that everyone showed up early today, that everyone's dressed nice and nice, crip, nice crisp suits. He's like, this is the biggest night in Dynamite history. He said, at this he said this time last year, before he joined uh, AW, the world thought he was worn out, that he was, uh, that his wick had burnt. Yeah, and uh, he said he said that he reached back and he bitch slapped the professional professional wrestling world across the mouth. He's like he took that belt, made it his own, defended it for a year, and he and Omega have been on a collision course their entire lives, doing completely diametrically opposed things. Mm-hmm. One guy went to WWE. The other guy did the opposite. Um, um, he said, uh, they're going to go out there and they're going to do what they do best. And the crowd's going to go bananas. Yeah. And I was like, all right, here we go. So Kenny and Moxley. First, right away, Don Callis is on commentary. And I'm so excited. I love Don Callis. Me too. He's so good. He is synonymous with Kenny Omega for me at this yeah. point. And oh, yeah. They even mentioned he, that. I've talked about it already, but as soon as he came back and commentated his match with Hangman, I was just like, 
this is one of the things I was missing from this Kenny to the New Japan Kenny was just the sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a just a a listening sensation that I was missing. Yeah, and uh, so Kenny comes out. Kenny comes out without the the cleaner girls, girls time, yeah, which is part of Moxley's challenge to him was leave the funny shit at home. Yeah. So, he, he left that funny shit. Mo, uh, Kenny asked him to leave the garbage. He asked him to leave the humor. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So he comes out. He still still does his intro with the North Carolina. Yeah. Which is a uh, Michael Jordan reference to that's how Michael Jordan was always introduced. Yeah. And he comes out and he's wearing the duster, mm-hmm. which I'm happy to see the duster back. It's got no sleeves, but it's still good. Yeah. It's Florida after all. Yeah. And... They keep talking about how it's cold there. Who knows how cold it actually was? But I think it was like if, forty. I don't know. Yeah, it very to... much fit the theme, but it's, it's sweater weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which they is had spring the... where I am. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they had the big heaters out there for the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kenny Kenny comes down, and then Moxley comes out to his introduction. They're staring at each other. Then the bell rings and. Away they go, and this match kind of started slow, which for me, it was the New Japan build, mm-hmm. which is New Japan matches start very slow. The first time I ever watched a Kenny Omega match, I was just like, this is it? Yeah. Like, for the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. often, it's, it's it very going. slow. The difference being that there are commercials in uh, on... The dynamite telecast, so maybe like uh, somebody might leave, yeah, and watch something else if it if it's too slow and then it gets to commercials. But uh, Moxley, I was struck by how much Moxley was trying to wrestle. Yeah, he was Omega. really bringing out the ground game at the beginning of this bringing match. Bringing out the ground game, lots of suplexes, various exploder suplexes, that and pump, pump handle handles, exploder suplex. He put Kenny in. That was awesome. He needs to do that more often. That was a really cool mm-hmm. looking move. So for me, it was just like. He is taking now. He's taking Kenny up on his challenge, mm-hmm. and eventually mm-hmm. they end. Up, Kenny ends up being the first one to go to the strikes. Yeah. he goes to the chops into the close fists first. They end up brawling out onto the outside because Moxley was out wrestling him on the inside, um, going so far as to put him in an STF at one point mm-hmm. as well. So they get they get to the outside and. Um, once they're out there, Moxley's able to take advantage again because that's Moxley's element. Kenny got cocky, went to the outside. Moxley turned it around. Then um, they get back on. They get back into the inside, and he and Moxley hits him with the uh, with the paradigm shift. And the announcers are going, "Oh, this is it! It's yeah. done." But you can see in Moxley's face. He's not covering him. Yeah. And they're like, what's he doing? He goes outside. He gets out two chairs. And I'm like, like, oh, no, he's not going to do this, is he? He throws the chairs in. But then he sets them up, sits sits down in the chair, tells Kenny to sit down in the chair. And this, for me, is where it went from admittedly just a good to very good match to, for me, a five-star match. Right yeah. here from this point on was my favorite AEW Dynamite match to date, and they they start 
doing the New Japan slaps. Yeah. They're slapping each other back and forth. And the the sweat and spit is just flying, flying. off their mm-hmm. face. You can see that they are really cranking each other. And then Kenny hits them with a closed fist. And they're going back and forth punching each other. And then Moxley like really clocks him. Kenny like like staggers back into the corner. And then just breaks out a V trigger in a in a slap fight, and yeah. just V triggers right out of the chair, clean off. Yeah, he goes flipping into the corner. Yeah, and um, and they are just from this point on, it is just classic New Japan Kenny. Yeah, and they're they're going back and forth. They're Moxley's really countering him a lot, which is again fantastic. This is exactly what we wanted. He's out wrestling Kenny when he has to. Um, they both go for their finishers. They're both countering them. They're unable to hit it. Um, at one point, Moxley goes for Tope Suicida, and Kenny counters it with a feature. Yes, yeah. that was with, nice. I popped. Mm-hmm. I popped huge when this happened. The two, my two biggest pops for individual moves was the V-trigger on the chair and the V-trigger off the dive, which is very reminiscent of the Okada V-trigger Yeah, that he did. Then they, they get back in the ring, and uh, Kenny hits him with the Okada dropkick. Yeah, that was nice. And then nice. he does the Rainmaker pose and pulls him into a ripcord V-trigger, which is just three shouts out. Three shoutouts to Okada. Yeah, at first I thought he was going to just go straight for a Rainmaker when he had him. I thought top. he was too. I was like, is he doing a Rainmaker? But he did the Ripcord. Like, okay. But he did. He used to do the Ripcord uh, V-Trigger against Okada mm-hmm. when they were going back and forth trying to yeah. Ripcord or V-Trigger versus uh, Rainmaker. Rainmaker, so yeah. I love that. And then and then he hits him with Kreutz Wrath. Yeah, you don't see that too he, much anymore. He only busts out Kreutz Wrath against the best of the best. Mm-hmm. He busted it out in the in the Iron Man match against Pac. Yeah. And this is the only other time he's done it in AEW. Yeah. So he busted it out on the big on his biggest matches. Mm-hmm. And then they go the outside and or uh, he knocks Kenny off off the top rope. They go the outside and then he hits Kenny with uh I guess sort of like a paradigm shift but sort of like a suplex into these heaters the that heaters. are set up. It looks like it had googly eyes, the heater did. It made me laugh yeah. when I first knocked him into it. Yeah, they look like <laughs> halogen lights. Yeah. And uh, and then Kenny's lying on the round, and the ref checks on him, and the ref, he's like, hold up, stop. He calls uh, calls the medical staff over, calls other refs over. He's he's like, he's hurt. He's yeah, hurt. in commentary like, played up how hot. He, he hit his face on the... They're saying he hit his face on the ground, but I think it's that he hit it on the side of the heater. Yeah, and, and they're then, playing um, up how hot the heaters actually are when you get close to them and stuff. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then Don Callis runs down, and he's he come he runs down from the uh, from the announce booth, and he's checking on him. And then Moxie's like, "Fuck this shit!" He yeah, moves all the, the refs out of the way, drags Kenny back in the ring, and is just cranking on him, ground and pound with closed fists on the head. And Don Callis runs down with the mic. He's trying to get the rest's attention. He's shouting at him, he's hurt. He's hurt. You mm-hmm. need to check on him. He's hurt. And then Moxley gets up and just clocks Don Callis. Yeah. Don Callis' rose petals go flying up in the air. <laughs> like, he looked like a red bird that got hit by a plane. Yeah. And, uh, which was 
really clever because the rose petals flying up in the air, you don't notice that he kind of flings the, the microphone, microphone towards Kenny, Kenny yeah. who grabs it on the ground. John Moxley turns around with the ref still distracted with Don Callis and just pumps Bops him, him right, right in the, the right in the forehead. Yeah, right in the forehead, which I love a microphone spot. Oh, me too. Especially sense. when the mic's on and you hear the thunk. Yeah, it makes a sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very pleasing sound. Yeah. And then, so Moxley's busted open. He's wobbly. He's out on his feet. And Kenny hits him with three straight V triggers. Oh, man, those V triggers were vicious. One of them, too. like he's up against the ropes, like out on his feet, and he hits him with one of these V triggers in the side of the head. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, he, Mox, John Moxley looked like he was dead. Yeah, it looked like he got shot. He looked like he killed him. Yeah, headshot. Mm-hmm. And then he gets him up for the one wing angel. Boom. Kenny Omega is the, the AEW world champ. Yeah, I was so excited. Then Don Callis runs in the ring, picks up Kenny Omega, and they start heading off to the back. They start running away, and the announcer's like, hey, what the hell? Yeah. And uh, He, he told Mox not to do any of that what stuff, and then What happened to the gentleman's it. agreement? Yeah. What happened to the gentleman's agreement, Kenny? Mm-hmm. And uh, and they run past uh, past Tony Khan, who's in the back on the headset, and he's yelling at them, like, he's yelling what the at hell him. are you doing? They yeah. run past... Uh, Jerry Lynn. Jer- there he is. Jerry Lynn. They run past Jerry Lynn, and he's just like, screw you guys. And they, they run past all the people in the back, and they're yeah. yelling at them. They run outside. They're, they run up to the same SUV that Kenny ran up to at the end of All Out. Yeah, when, when he told he, the Bucks, uh, you're either all in or you're all out. Whenever he, yeah, when he, he told them, you're all in, you're all out, after mm-hmm. he and... Uh, Hangman broke up. Yes, after he and Hangman broke up. And... Um, and also the same parking lot where he called someone on the phone yeah. and said, like, are you going to be there? Yeah. And like a couple weeks ago. And um, then Marvez catches up to Don Callis and he's like, he's like, guys, what are you doing? Like, and Don Callis looks at me. He's like, he's like, you'll find out everything on Tuesday. He's like, <laughs> in typical Marvez fashion, he's like, Tuesday, but dynamite's on a Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, it's like, yeah, I know. But uh but Impact Wrestling is on a Tuesday on Access TV. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Yeah. This girl. Is so <laughs> exciting. I was like, oh boy, they're doing a crossover mm-hmm. and potentially a working relationship. I've heard somebody was quoting Meltzer. I I don't think Meltzer said the exact thing, didn't say the exact words talent exchange, but it was sort of implied that they're looking to do a talent exchange. And I yeah. know AEW had said they wanted to do a talent exchange with AAA and with New Japan and with OWE at the mm-hmm. time, the Oriental Wrestling They're defunct entertainment. now, they? they They've folded, I believe, yeah. at this point. Or... They were in Mongolia. They left mm-hmm. uh, China to go to Mongolia. But yeah. mostly those guys are working um, Wrestle One and Dragon Gate yeah. right now. There's uh, Shima is still signed with AEW. He just can't get here right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, so it looks like we, we're definitely getting Kenny Omega on Impact this week, yeah. which is a huge coup for them. Yeah, that's They're going to get the biggest ratings so they've much. had in like, 20 years yeah (laughs) and um 
And it and for people who don't know, you can watch it for free on Twitch. Yeah, it's on Twitch. That's how I'm going to be watching it. I'm Me not too. paying for Access TV. I don't even know how to get Access TV. Yeah, it's I don't like even think... you have to have cable, and it's one of those like super premium channels. You got to pay like I don't extra even think I can get it. it. Yeah, I don't think it's possible for me to get it, uh, but you can get it for free on Twitch. So do that. Mm-hmm. I've heard sometimes it goes in and out because I mean it is Twitch, it is internet, and I'm sure with that many people watching it, it might crash. Yeah, but, but they also do. Um, they let people co-stream, and I know a lot of like wrestling streamers and stuff. They'll they'll co-stream it, so oh, that I might be that. that's that's very good. That's yeah, very they good. might that might be a way to like relieve some of the their pressure on their actual stream. Yeah, so I'm super excited about this. But before we get into all this, you had a differing opinion yeah. on this match. It, I thought it was the best Dynamite match so far. You thought differently. I, I thought it was a little slow in the beginning. I think, in full disclosure, I didn't watch the match until right before we started recording because my wife and I were doing stuff last night. And uh, uh, so I already knew the result of the match and stuff. I saw it on Twitter, so I... That may have done something to it, but sitting here talking to you with it, and I've kind of come back around on it, and I I got more excited thinking about it. But I've brought it, I brought you back. Yeah, you brought me back. Life. I just thought it started off a little too slow, even slower than Kenny's normal matches. I I did I do agree that it did start slow at first. I was just like, is this just good? Yeah, that's. But like you said, once they Mox brought out the chairs and they did the. The mm-hmm. New Japan spot where they slap each Mo- other. That's... Moxley hit that paradigm shift and then mm-hmm. brought out the chairs. That's like, when it really go, started picking up. And then, but yeah, talking talking to you again. That's why sometimes it helps to talk to to people about wrestling. Like you, mm-hmm. you can. But yeah, yeah well, he, it, it's turned around. I, I've been convinced that certain things work more than I thought they did, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I like it, some stuff more on a second watch. I like. I think I might like the Jericho stuff more on a yeah. second watch this week. But yeah, so. I don't think I'd give it five stars like you. I'll give it four and a half stars. That's but, still amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I never thought it was bad or anything, even before yeah. we started talking. But I just thought it started off a little slower than even your normal Kenny match. But talking to you about it now, it's really got me excited. And I really think me seeing the ending and all the impact stuff before I saw the match mm-hmm. really changed. Mm-hmm. But it was... Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's partly my fault, partly other people's fault. It was oh, all no, over the it's, internet it's at that point. I, you couldn't avoid it. Yeah, whenever I you you were messaging me, and I was like, oh, you could tell me sports. I didn't think they'd mention impact and stuff like that. So, Well, it's funny. I spoiled it for another one of our friends cause in a group chat. He was just talking about impact and had earlier been talking about Sting. Oh, so I was like, yeah. So I just assumed he was talking about the Kenny news is just like, oh, I can't believe Kenny's going to Impact. They're like, what? Yeah. I, was like, I was like, why the hell else were you talking about Impact? They just, they just <laughs> like Impact, I guess. <laughs> I'm, ac- I'm actually excited because I have heard and I've seen some evidence of this when I, I watched uh, one of their pay-per-views at one point. They've got good wrestling. They've got good wrestlers, good talent. They have an excellent women's division. Mm-hmm. At, at the very least, if AEW can tap into that women's division, this is all worth it. I was watching a podcast earlier today, and they were talking about it. And one of the guys on there, that's how I know they will let you stream uh, their their Twitches, because he does it. But he's talking about how Impact's been really good. He said, he was saying their tag divisions, almost like their main event scene, and that the weakest point of 
Impact right now is kind of their main event scene. They don't have a lot of top, top stars. Yeah, they, like, they, that's always been their thing. They don't have depth. Mm-hmm. They have good guys, but it's like once you've seen the one main event, they only have like two or three guys mm-hmm. that are top level that once those matches have happened, they kind of start repeating themselves. Yeah, I'm just excited that Kenny, the Bucks, and the Good Brothers are all going to, could possibly be all on the same show again. Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. You, oh, God, we... We were talking on our texts and stuff about how we want Motor City Machine Guns and the Young Bucks to wrestle again. This is a way to do it. Yeah, so the Bucks were tweeting pictures of them in TNA. Um, I hope they come out as Generation Me one time, just for the... uh, um, FTR was was just tweeting the words... The North, mm-hmm. and then that's the a match North they wanted was for a treating long time. about like saying like, "Come on down, boys!" Mm-hmm. Like all these teams and all these wrestlers, Evil Uno was doing it. Like they, I mean, it looked like they and JPW was going to do something like this with AEW, and maybe that kind of fell through a bit, maybe because of COVID. That's like maybe probably COVID, what it is. COVID. When Hopefully, COVID when spiked more, yeah. That uh, maybe NJPW doesn't want to send their guys out this way or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's still super, super exciting. Um, oh, it's very exciting. I love it when wrestling companies do this stuff. It's that old saying, uh, shout out to our friend uh, Willie Diaz. He always says, a high tide raises all ships. And this is the perfect example of that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um yeah, so this next week I'm going to be watching Impact for the first time yeah. ever, honestly. I was, was going to say at the end, uh, and tune in next week for our first Impact review, because <laughs> I'm it, sure it, we're going to talk about it'll it. It'll be the week. same show. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do the AEW review, and it's going to involve Impact. Yeah. The the Impact that matters. Maybe not all the matches, but... Um, yeah. Yeah, well, one person of note, I mean, the Rascals just left Impact. Like yeah, that sucks. guys... They... They left right when this happened. Trey Miguel, Wentz, and I can't remember, Desmond Xavier. Mm -hmm. However, Desmond Xavier and Wentz went to WWE. Trey Miguel has not signed anywhere. And supposedly AEW is looking at him. So we might be seeing him sooner rather than later in AEW. Oh, cool. That'd be very cool. Maybe. That's there's no there's nothing mm-hmm. to that but just the fact that he had interest from AW and he did not go with his partners so mm-hmm. it looks like he's going somewhere else yeah which would be funny if he just ends back up on Impact but with yeah. AW <laughs> yeah I hope Steve <laughs> so shows I, back up on Impact too just for old time's sake so I get what are we looking forward to next week? Well, let's run it down. Mm-hmm. Kenny Omega in Impact will be yes. fun as hell. I'm so excited to see him attached to Don Callis again. Yeah, I love Kenny and Don Callis together. Mm-hmm. They are so good together. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, for and, this. Um, I remember when Don Callis went back to Impact to work. He was saying. Or I don't Kenny know how re- joined him. Yeah, I don't remember how recent that was, but I wonder if it was all just to set up for this or. Well, there, I would say there's probably not too much to that story aside from Kenny really act- Don Callis actually being part of his family, mm-hmm. and Jericho is also very close to Don Callis. Yeah, but um, when I was reading the Killing the Business book, um. 
the books really emphasized how close um the the good brothers and AJ were to going back to Impact mm-hmm. instead of WWE the first time. Yeah. Um they said like they had basically signed with Impact. They were That'd telling they were going to go to Impact, but uh, I guess that weekend Triple H called them. Yeah, and offered them a bunch and, of money or something. And like offered that. them a bunch of money and they ended up going the other way. But they they were going to go to to Impact out of New Japan. Mm-hmm. And so like there's enough big name guys that have said that they were going to go there that I believe that they have working relationships or loyalties to some people who are there that I kind of believe it. And I do believe there's obviously a reason why they don't end up there because they're not the big fish. Yeah. But they have a fondness for somebody there or some people there. And I think Don Callis has some sway, especially with Kenny yeah, and some other people. So I, I think there's something there, even though it maybe isn't the most realistic thing. I think it's something that like in a perfect world, if the money was right and if they were in a better position, they might have gone there. Yeah. Okay. So next week on AW, we have Sting Speaks, which is, I can't wait. I don't even know what he sounds like. <laughs> I'm super excited. <laughs> um, uh, that we have, Abaddon is in action next week, so that will probably be a squash, but it'll be exciting to see her again. That will be Sheeta's storyline, so oh, I'm excited yeah. for that. That'd you can good. look at Abaddon in action and be like, this is Sheeta's storyline. Mm-hmm. We've been asking for that, so this is I'm excited about this. We, <laughs> this next bit is a, is a six-man tag, but this is funny. At the end of the oh, yeah. telecast, <laughs> it cuts back after the the limo stuff. It cuts back to uh, to John Moxley's bloody face in the ring, and you just hear Jr. go, "Oh my God, we got we have Eddie Kingston!" Yeah. And Eddie Kingston just goes, "Ah, lucky your champ! I'm gonna fight Archer now!" And then the feed cuts, yeah. and you're like, "What the hell?" What was that? Yeah. <laughs> and supposedly the people at the arena could not see what was going on backstage. So oh, okay. they couldn't see Kenny and Don Callis doing that bit. So what they gave them was a brawl between Lance Archer and the Lucha Brothers and Eddie Kingston and Butcher and the Blade in the ring. Okay. So that's what we got. Okay. And I yeah. guess maybe John Moxley was just lying on the ground there. Mm-hmm. Like maybe uh, Eddie Kingston came out and then Lance Archer and the Lucha Brothers came out after to fight him or something. I don't know. But uh, it's it's very strange mm-hmm. and funny. Yeah. And yeah, it's a little sloppy, but it was, it was, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it made care. me laugh I'm really excited. hard at the end. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was like, whatever. I'm, I'm excited about this impacting Kenny and mm-hmm. Sting. And yeah. All right. Then we have the, uh, ultimatum which okay i'm excited to see these guys talk more because they're good at it yeah i'm sure it'd probably be like one of those backstage produced segments Mm -hmm. that's what Mm -hmm. it seems like to me or in the ring who knows Mm -hmm. who knows then a a really weird one i don't know what's happening here but dustin versus 10 i don't know i don't i look at this match i'm just like women's match guys 
Yeah, that's the perfect spot to do a women's match for sure. Like, the, like honestly, this right here is a waste of time. Yeah, that's like a I, that's that seems like a dark match to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I mm-hmm. do not get it. Um, then we have Young Bucks versus Hybrid Two. I'm actually excited to see this because anybody versus the Young Bucks ends up being their best match. Yeah. So we will likely see the best of Hybrid Two, and then we can judge. All right, what does the best of Hybrid Two look like? Do mm-hmm. we want to? How much more of them do we want to see going forward? Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool too to see Angelico's style, his newer style, go against the Young mm-hmm. Bucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to see the Young Bucks face anybody they haven't faced yet. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's cool. always good. Then we have MJF versus Orange Cassidy. This match is going to be awesome. Oh yeah, it's going to be really funny. I'm excited for this. It's going to be mm-hmm. good, and it's going to have natural consequences for the inner circle as well. Yeah, so do you think they do this we'll... first or the ultimatum first on the show? Probably the ultimatum first and then yeah. this after, but who knows? It'll be um next week's will be a big inner circle heavy episode. Mm-hmm. And one thing I do have to shout it out cuz I was reminded of it when looking at these graphics which was the Dustin Rhodes graphic reminded me of during the segment with uh Cody Darby and the the Nightmare Family versus Team Taz and Sting. Prior to Sting coming down, when the Nightmare Family gets beaten down, I was sitting there and I was just and I looked at the crowd. I was like, "What the fuck is Gun Club doing?" Yeah, they're just sitting, there. sitting in the crowd doing nothing while Senior Citizen Arn Anderson is getting his ass beat in the ring. Yeah, like they're in the Nightmare Family. Why do you create the nightmare family, put all these guys in it, and then do nothing. not and and not close up this plot hole? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I do not understand it. I don't want to belabor this point because it was a fantastic episode. Yeah. But I, I was sitting there just like, wait, gun club better not be in the crowd right now. Yeah. And then I looked back and I was like, Yeah, they're sitting right there. Yeah, all three of them. Watching were. their teammates and family get their ass beat this doesn't make any sense like they gotta pull them from the crowd and stick them in the back yeah especially during cody yeah just during cody segments (laughs) it doesn't make any sense and how nobody ever just acknowledges that lee johnson exists even though he's in that group too yeah yeah no one ever comes out with him during his matches or anything it's like they formed the group before they'd confirmed sting yeah, maybe they did. I, like, I don't know. I don't. It, this, they dropped it like immediately. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's very strange. But yeah. So, what do you th- what do you think is going to happen with this impact stuff? Uh, I have my theories. I don't. I'm sure there'll be. I just. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who. Like, if it's just going to be Kenny this Tuesday, I'm sure it'll just be Kenny this Tuesday. It'll be just. It'll definitely be just Kenny this Tuesday. But I have. A feeling based off of the rumors that I heard that uh, AW is like this is going to be a talent exchange mm-hmm. or a potential talent exchange between the two companies. I think that can only benefit AW because an AW can do it as in like they send essentially their young boys, but which would be their trainees. So essentially, all the tier zero people. Not mm-hmm. all of them, but a good chunk of the tier zero people from Dark 
that have been appearing on Dark, like Lee Johnson, for example. You mm-hmm. send them to uh, Impact so that they can get some good TV matches in against high quality talent, and then we like we do like two for one deals where you send them Lee Johnson and Kylan King, and we get back Jordan Grace. Yeah, or we get the North. Or yeah. like maybe just one big name and maybe a couple others, and they get like we do two for ones. They get quality, they get quantity from us. Mm-hmm. They get qual, and we get like one quality person from them, and you do it that way. But not that we're taking them from, yeah, it's just like, like they can still appear on their yeah. telecast. But like maybe the North feuds with FTR mm-hmm. in AW, and then the uh, FTR would show up over there. But you. Look at it just like a, a young boy exchange. Mm-hmm. Like how That'd New really Japan cool. would send their young boys and then they would come back to New Japan when they're ready. So yeah. like Kylan King would come back a fully formed Kylan King. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I, what I want is uh, Kinney to win the Impact title. <laughs> and then uh, since they have a semi-working relationship with NWA, and Nick Aldis has had that title for like 700-something days, have him win that too. And then Kinney would have four championships. I don't, and then he just, would truly truly have changed the world yeah i just think that'd be really cool (laughs) you could do that uh, pose of uh ultimo dragon with all the belts Mm -hmm. i heard somebody say that and this is similar to what i said about rosa versus baker with the blood and guts but kenny and his team of people from uh impact versus either cody or moxley and his team of people from AEW. yeah that'd be cool and somebody also floated Kenny and the Motor City Machine Guns versus uh, the Bucks and like Moxley or the Bucks and Hangman even. Weird. I think if anyone teams up with Kenny and uh, Impact, it's going to be the Good Brothers since there's already history yes. there. Yes. But yeah, no, they're the tag champs just... there now, so it'd be all champs. No, it'll it, it'll be. It'll be so fun. There, mm-hmm. There's so many possibilities. And the funny thing was before, it was like, it's like, oh, who, who attacked Moxley? Was it Kenta? Now it's like, who attacked Moxley? There's like 40 people. Who from Impact attacked him, yeah. I'm still holding out hope for Kenta just in my heart. Yes, but. no, I mean, I'm holding out <laughs> hope, but I think it's it's just going to be, maybe it's Gallows. Yeah, it could, maybe it could never be answered either. It could just be ambiguous for a while. I It could be. I heard that... Uh, I heard someone say that plans for when Gallows and Anderson went to New Japan, this was like if COVID had lifted mm-hmm. in a at a good time, was that um, they would go there, Anderson would get in a feud with Moxley, and Gallows would cheat to have Anderson beat Moxley for the, uh, for the U.S. title. Oh, that'd be cool. So maybe that's where they're going. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Because New Japan kind of has a better working relationship with Impact now. Yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken. Well, um, maybe. I don't know. I know they're still pretty ish. mad at him for how they treated Okada when he was there. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> but like, uh, it's like they're mad at people in AEW, but they still allow. Um, I mean, Jericho showed up with Jericho the title there. to show so. up and Moxley to show up mm-hmm. and like. Eventually, they'll mend the fences yeah, with I just, Kenny and the Bucks. Just, I love point. it when companies do cool stuff like this. So just keep doing cool stuff. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's really exciting. It's the most exciting time for wrestling. 
since mm-hmm. AEW started. When yeah. AEW started, it was an unknown. Now we're back to another unknown. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens going forward. Mm-hmm. Now I have to watch two shows a week. Yeah. <laughs> Watching one show a week has been good. Like, uh, I, I started watching New Japan less and less because it was just so much mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Especially where on Tuesday. I get one thing that this kind of says is the uh, if they do build a working relationship, unless they acquire impact, which would be wild. Um, I don't think they have the roster spots to acquire impact, but impacts show is on Tuesday. So the next AW show couldn't be on Tuesday. Yeah. So that would leave Saturday, Saturday, which oh. actually is my preferred day. That'd be it nice. Cause them, it'd be the if weekend. it's a one hour show that they're looking to do um, on the day, on the pay-per-view days, you could do the one hour show at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then run it into the pre-show and into the yeah main event if you wanted to, or effectively make the episode the pre-show. Yeah, that's what um, WWF did in the '90s with Sunday Night Heat. That was like their pre-show for their pay-per-views. So. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see Kenny on Impact. Yeah, um, Sammy Callahan has already called out John Moxley. Yeah, and they have history going back to they like do. the hardcore they were... days. Like CZW days CCW, and stuff. yeah. And also NXT. Mm-hmm. I think they were in NXT together. Oh, yeah, together. yeah. That's right. That's right. I forgot he was in NXT as that hacker guy, Solomon Crow. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't watching it at that it time, was but I know he was like, there. It was like early, early NXT days, and it was just, it was weird. Because I remember watching him in CZW. I was like, why is he a hacker now? Everyone knows him as like this deathmatch guy. Just make him a crazy guy. Don't make him a hacker. <laughs> they watched hackers yeah, hey no you no shame in that, that. i love that you, movie actually? yeah it's like my favorite bad movie in quotations i have like a t-shirt of that movie i love that movie all right i think i think it's time to wrap it up otherwise we're gonna we're gonna start be talking about hackers about yeah <laughs> the future of wrestling going for yeah. a long time so i am going to hit stop on this button and we will catch you Again next Thursday, uh, going live Friday, and but we'll yeah. be talking about two shows. Two shows next week, big, big time, big time. Lots of exciting news. See you later. Bye.